0: Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast, episode number one hundred and thirty-nine. The Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essen and Footy Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, good to be back. Uh, tough result this week. Uh, it was. It feels like it's been a very frustrating fortnight where it's. It's the you feel like we probably could have won the last two,
0: but. Actually, Not felt like we could have. Yes, we could have. But we've, we've lost it.
1: And, you know, it probably means in all seriousness that it's close to 2021 being over. Uh, it's still, to yep. ob- obviously, you know, if we win the last two games, there is definitely a, a way of scoring an eighth spot. But uh, I feel like myself and Grant, you know, I don't know why, but we're just not focused on that. It's it, it nah, I
0: Don't, don't want to. I just I just want us to win games like we we just played in right where we we had a genuine opportunity to beat one of the best sides in the comp at the moment. Um, we had and we'll get into the reasons why we didn't and and why we're all frustrated. Um, but I just I I've been copping it a little bit. Some of our patreons <laughs> just been uh, just been letting me know, and we love it. We love it when the patreons tell us. Um, but just. We just want to see the Bombers win those games, right? Like the, the finals will come when they come, if they come. I mean, to be frank, I don't want us to scrape into the finals in eighth position, get pumped by the first team, um, and then boot it out like we've done so many times in the past. Um, but I just really, I really thought we had an opportunity to win that a couple of times and the same errors have creeped into our game again, which we will go into. Yeah and
1: that's you know that's going to be one of the topics. Uh, and and please understand, you know it, it's a, it's hard because you know we're we're here to dissect the game and dissect how the year's gone and and I think we've been as optimistic as we've ever have in a, over a over a whole year. Uh, and and I watched the game again against the Swans and and you know I I, I had a quite a lot of positives in this game and, and we took it right up to him. We scored 102 points. There was a heck of a lot of good things. That good happened. effort. Yeah, there was a heck of a lot of good things in this game and we were playing a red hot team. So I fully understand that. Uh, but I guess my nature just kind of went, oh, I felt like we were in that game and and could actually could have won. And, and to be honest, Truck's message after the game was exactly the same. You kind of felt like you could tell he was kind of saying, you oh, know, I kind of felt like we could have won this game and – we just we just handed them uh, a few goals unnecessarily, and, and that's... you few, a lot, Scotty, a <laughs> lot. You're being very kind, <laughs> old boy. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at the turnovers, right? It's obviously the Swans have got one goal from our turnovers in the first half, and they've scored seven from our turnovers in the second half, yeah, see- and...
0: And And, we were talking before the the show and that's it, mate, isn't it? That's, that's 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 the game. game. Yeah. You can, that's, and that's for my, for me. And for those that have given me a polite strafing uh, (laughs) today, Um, that's my point that that's my point. Another, another game where the loss, the reason for the loss is very identifiable. And it wasn't because it wasn't because we lost a whole heap of players or anything. And, we Buddy got hold of us or whatever it was. It's because of the same issues again. It's the lack of defensive running, the witches hats coming out of their um, back line through to their forward line. Um, and just when the pressure gets dialed up, our midfield bomb into our forward line from 70 metres out. And it near turns me spare. It really does. Um, but... That's the, that's the part that I'm frustrated with. I think I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited about the fact that we were running across the ground, man. We looked good. We were linking up. We were handballing. It was good to see um, string at parish merit Langford again, which is brilliant, but the same problems every week. And I just, I know it's our first year. And like I said, I could not possibly care less if we made finals or not would be fabulous if we did, but I genuinely don't, think I just want us to win games like that. The finals come, the finals come, but I just think those games are very winnable and it would be a hell of a lot more important to concentrate on winning a game like that than winning it and then putting the focus on the fact that we might make the finals.
1: Yeah. I think one key area is, is looking at the now that seven games now that we've lost by under three goals and and I think if you go through those seven games, you're going to find five or six of those were up um, in the second or third quarter, and and had I'll say semi control of the game. And again, and that's part that, of my frustrations. And when the pressures ramped up and the te- by the opposition, it felt like our game plan, and just we've panicked a bit, and then we've turned the ball over, and and I get the. You know, I do totally understand it's kind of the new game plan. And, and this game was a micro chasm of, of the whole year for me. It's like first quarter, well, I thought at first and maybe even second quarter, half of the second quarter, I thought the game plan was working really well. I thought we were hitting up targets like Langford and, you know, Stringer hit up Smith. We were lowering our eyes. Merritt was lowering his eyes. And just as exactly the, correct, yep. And just as the game went on and the pressure started to build by Sydney, they started to hit back. Just slowly but surely, the game plan just less and less and less was reliable, not reliable. But they just started to move away from it.
0: Well, uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they moved away from. They the moved away plan,
1: from yeah. it with pressure, and that's you know it's a great growth kind of lesson. There's no doubt about that because. I've seen the Geelongs under Mark Thompson. I've seen you know the Richmonds the first year and you know that no one dominates a new game plan in the in the first or second year. it's just that's just the case and and it has to be just ingrained and ingrained and it's takes two or three off off seasons and and I get that so it's another big off season for the club and and with that seven games that we've lost by under three goals, it's just that's been the pattern it's been the as the, as the game's gone on, we've just started to turn the ball over, the pressure's ramped up, and we've just moved away from the game plan. That's a very easy message from Truck to say, to say, the game plan works, but it's still got to hold when the pressure's up. So yeah. that's, that's – um, yeah, there's a lot of things to learn. There's a lot of positives out of that because out of those seven losses – the, really, the reality is if I'm truck at the end of the year, and I, I, I would almost have those losses just on videotape uh, and just say, guys, we correct this and, and not have that seven goal third quarter. Nearly every one of those games has a, a seven or eight goal quarter. We correct this and not lose that bundle and just stick to that game plan. Uh, we possibly win four or five of those games. And now look at the ladder now look at and the yeah now look at where we are That's my frustration suddenly you're in mm. fifth, fifth spot uh on the that's ladder it. and it's a whole different ball. so that's that's the tease the excitement but a massive amount of work to do still to go for a young group
0: absolutely well we'll go to a quick break we'll come back from the break we'll get into it we'll have a chat about the stats um and all the players um we'll do a complete run through back to the lunchtime catch-up podcast now then um let's start it off scotty um should we start off having a chat about a few players what do you reckon yeah let's cover some um
1: some players can i just sorry can i just do one thing um just bring up before we start with the players and it's a little yeah. bit of extension of our conversation before the break and sorry i was going to bring it up before the break but i forgot about it but let's a break on you just then um <laughs> uh, but uh, just something that you know when I was thinking about where Essendon's at uh, and it just, what it triggered me was a conversation that she'd had with us last week. And just a little plug there that you can go back and listen to the Kevin oh, yeah, Sheedy by the way, yeah, Yeah. <laughs> um, but I Bucket thought, list item. yeah, I thought it'd be good to have a listen to this again because I, and I want to just have a two minute chat with you about it and just get your thoughts uh, yep. again in, in knowing sort of what he said, what he was trying to say, and, and where that' kind of sits with the club today and the question was around about where we're at as a club now, why we're playing kids and where we are in the stage of, of a rebuild. Um, yep. So I'll play it and, and we'll have a discussion. So I, I take it that the philosophy from truck and bringing all, all this youth into the side all at once and just and getting 1520 games you, you're totally on board.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I remember when I first coached Essendon, uh, Bill Stevens and Barry Davis brought a lot of good young players through. um, And I ended up having the success of a coach, say, in that first five years of the 80s. But half of the team was produced by them. I had to go and find the other half. But that's a part of what it's all about. So I think Ben Rutten really is right now playing out the season... Around that 1979-80 period, given all the young blokes, you know, the Watsons and the Nagels and the Hawkers and the Neil Clarks, these sorts of blokes, uh, lots of experience, chained herds, you know, not, not the champions necessarily, like Madden have been there and played a bit, Terry Danaher had, yep. and uh, had, but I, I think he's, he, he's, get it, he's got to get it all done right now this year, and then we look at, you know, sit down and have a, uh, have the last supper at the end of the year and say, now look, where we're at, but at least play them and then
1: you'll know. And that's, uh, I think the timeline was really interesting when she just talking about where we're at. And that's what one thing after the game I realised I had to remember. And I thought it was a good point. One thing I've noticed probably in the second half of this year is that we've probably got a core, I'm just guessing, but a core 10 players that we rely heavily on. And when she yep. when she just talking about when I started, I realized I had my Nigels, I had my Watsons, my Vanderhaars, my Madden's. So I had a, a set group of guys that I knew that were going to carry forward. But then I had to play a whole bunch of other players, 20 other kids, uh, and just see what I've got and then know I've still got another two years to add on to that list and, and complement the second half of that of the of the list. And that, find that's this that's, player,
0: that position, yeah, yeah, whichever, exactly. whatever
1: I need. And, and, you know, we started off with obviously with the early draft picks and I think we've done pretty well and we'll still see Zach Reed I think we've had a massive bonus with Peter Wright and, and Hindy. Um, yeah. Uh, and so I feel like there's like 10 or 13 kind of like they're just staple players, pretty reliable, perform and, you know, you know think of the Sydney match, they're carrying us quite a bit. Um Coxie and, and Perkins you feel like will come on next year once now that they've had a full year and Jonesy looks good but then you still feel like this is personally me there's probably 7 6 or 8 spots up for grabs in that 22 that we could improve on there's there's some solid players but we could you know if we're being honest to get to an actual top 4 position in a couple of years we've got to improve that bottom 6 to 8 players yeah, we're, we're not going to name quality. them. Real
0: quality. Not, we're no, not no, going to run through them instead sort of yeah, name not naming them. them. But not naming them in the show. But I mean, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. When we get into the uh, the stats a bit later, or we start ripping through some of the players, there's one. I'm looking at the AFL app right now, and if you, yeah, there's one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five players. Well, take Laverde out of there because. He was just to nullify Bud, but there's a lot of players in there on very, very low single figures Yeah, uh, in total disposals for four quarters of footy. And it's, it's it, that sort of stuff can't continue if we're going to do it because Sydney absolutely doesn't have that. If you look at that same app, um, there is a very big gap between single figures and the next group of Sydney players. They've all got nudging 15s, 18s into 20s and, you're right. We, there are positions that we need to draft for. Who knew that we needed a 200 centimeter wingman? Um, <laughs> yes. that was a handy thing to uh to draft. Um, but we did. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's, I mean, someone like Tom Papley, small forwards have been cutting up the Essendon footy club since as long as I've been supporting them. <laughs> and where mate, the last one was Henry Slattery, who was a gun and who could uh who could defend uh, small forwards. Um, but. Apart from that, there's small forwards cut us up left and right. What Jordan Ridley was doing on Tom Papley, I have no idea. Um, But you're right, there is maybe five to six positions that we're going to need to either draft, like uh, uh, trade really well for. Yeah. And young young sort of well for, um, or the biggest of big red fire engines is going to have to go find them um in the draft and I have every confidence that he can. So you're right. And I think it was very it was it was very telltale from our chat with Sheeds is that he knows it as well. He can see
1: Yeah, I mean he's he telling you really the current that situation. He's saying we're around about the 1979, 1980 position. And you know, we won the yeah. 84 grand final and we were in the 83 and lost. But that's what he's yeah. saying. He's saying basically three years you you want to be really competitive and and top four, but you've got to find he, he in that uh, between 1883 found another ten players and that's what he's really saying uh, that that complemented yeah. complemented to the, the other half that he already had that were really capable uh, and that's that's a journey that we've got to go on um, and and you know so it, it, it does I just felt like that put it into perspective but I think we start off can I just say for this game uh I'm I'm gonna make a massive statement. I actually thought, in a weird way, that was probably one in the top five best Zach Merrick games I've actually seen. Uh, uh, I thought he yeah. was. I thought he was actually elite. I know he's had 35 and he's had, that's that he can have that any day. I just thought what he did with that 35 disposals is some of the best footy I've seen him play. He was making good decision after good decision, uh, and boy, after I wish some other players. Football. Yeah. exceptional foot skills. Just thought through the game so well. He's had a he's had a career high goal assist in four, and a career high score involvements in thirteen. Uh, so, and he's had five tackles. He's he's led our, led us side in tackles as well. He's had thirty five disposals. Just discos- a lazy two goals and all, and he's kicked two goals. And that's that's as well rounded game as Zach Merritt has played. I I just thought his skill. Has really gone up quite considerably this year. He had a probably a not a great two thousand twenty or nineteen as far as yep. uh, using the ball, but he's well back to his old self, if not even better. And that's just, that just as that was as impressive as footy
0: as I've seen him play. Oh, that, that's just about as impressive as footy as you're ever going to see anybody play. Like that's you can mention that in the same sort of performances of the really good Dusty games and the really good Bont games and the those sort of just dominant next level kind of midfielders that was that was a that was a clinic you want to see how to perform as a midfielder that's what that game was for, for Zach Merritt but just his um his foot skills for me under pressure uh, was yeah. was elite he was he was 35 two goals 82 um, percent disposal efficiency you, you can't ask for much more than that and then straight behind him his mate um, Darcy parish with 34. Um, 70% disposal efficiency. Just another great game from Darcy as well. Yeah, I mean,
1: we, you probably almost can add Stringer to that three and just talk about all three because you did feel right. at some stage that we're carrying the whole midfield. I mean, we've won the clearances, we've won the inside 50s and we've won contested possession and most of that is those three. <laughs> like, oh, And
0: Jake, jakes I don't know what Jake's on, mate. I swear if he's on the Metamucil or whatever he's on at the moment to just, he's on the BBB Barocca. I'll tell you what, Jake Stringer's gone mad. He's gone absolutely mad. He's running around like he is a twenty-two-year-old colt, um, and just doing what Jake does, mate. I'd you'd hate to try and tackle him at the moment. And this sort of speaks to what I was saying earlier is that this, this, this side is what? Well, I mean, every side is dependent on their midfield, and yeah. you you want to be dependent on your midfield. I want to be dependent on Zach Merritt having a good game because he's so very, very good when he does it, but the Jake, Zach, Darcy, Kyle, they just, they, they were the difference in the, in the side or in the, in the game for us, but then there was way too many passengers after that. So it just, it's, it's, it's a, it's no wonder I, well, I assume why the the midfield finds it hard to run in the opposite direction and we get seven kicked on us real quick. Because Merritt, Stringer, Parrish and Langford are all running like mad um, to get through the the midfield to get the ball forwards. And then they're they're buggered by the time they have to run in the opposite direction because Stringer for an old man is doing a power of work at the moment. He really is worth every cent that we've just paid him.
1: Yeah, he's uh, and his biggest compliment to me was I think in the third or fourth quarter. For, sorry, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Sydney started to, to just hold him at the center bounce, and hopefully, they could get away with it. He must have had three free kicks in the space of 10 minutes because they were so paranoid about him just bursting through the middle that they just kept on grabbing him, and the umpire just kept yeah. on seeing him. And that's, a, you know, that's when you know a player is really dangerous when hit the the opposition is just obsessed and it's just trying to nullify him any way possible. It, it is the biggest tease, isn't it? What do you do with Jake Stringer next year if he goes up another level of fitness? Because he's proving to be such a dynamic goal-kicking mid. Because his goal-kicking is still there. Like, he's still kicking two goals. He's kicked 31 for yep. the year. And he's still kicking... Yeah, like, uh, you know, it's not like you know, he's not kicking any goals and he's getting 25. He's, he floats down forward and just bursts through the middle and kicks a 60-meter goal quite comfortably. Uh, Jeez, that was a good kick, That man. was a don't, good kick, do not
0: don't, don't Don't brush past that, man. That was just... <laughs> he's that. That's like three or four steps and then just pounds the ball and it goes through post high. Just next time you're, um, if the listeners, just next time you're down at your local footy oval... <laughs> Try it, yeah. Just... <laughs> Just grab a footy and, and mark out 50 metres, just rough, just sort of a couple of big steps, it'll be a metre, and mark out 50 and then add another 10, <laughs> grab the ball, turn around, sprint for four or five steps and sink the boot into it and see how far you get. <laughs> that is an incredibly difficult thing to do what he, what he does. My, my thing for Jakey Stringer next year, pretty much more of the same. Because we're going to have Caldwell back. We'll have Sheil up and running again. Yeah. Um. We're we going to have Merritt and all those boys and
1: girls. McGrath's going to be a big inclusion too, yeah.
0: McGrath, so. yeah. Jeez, man. McGrath, he'll be a massive inclusion. I say at the moment he's spending, what, 60% of his time in the mid 40% forward or even more, mm. 30 or 70 30 I say you just switch that next year. There should be enough midfielders that we've got not injured that we don't need Jake in there bursting through packs and stuff. So put him in the forward line, let him have that incredible X factor down there, and then you know what? If we need to, if we need a couple of decent possessions, give Jake a license. He's got the license to make the decision to say, "Oi, you, Sheil, or Oi, you, Caldwell, out. Get on a wing, (laughs) do whatever you need. Um, The the package is here, (laughs) The package is here." here. And I've just I've, I've I've come here to chew chew gum and kick butt, and I'm all out of gum. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's what I see from him. Incredible, another incredible game from Jake. Like nineteen possessions, two goals, eighty four percent. Just, just showing that on his day, he really is a step above. Speaking a step above. Speaking of a step above, yours and my absolute favourite, Kay Langford. You know, I found out. I don't
1: know if I should say this, but I found out that he did. He, Just he stretched, not, not how stretch his hammy in the actual second quarter. Ooh. So he, uh, um, <laughs> he's played a good game, man. Three goals. <laughs> One thing that Carl does, and Carl gives me that feeling. You know, I'm trying to think of the Essendon forward line. We've got Peter Wright, who's tall up there. We usually have Jones at, tall up there but there is something to say about guys who can find space or be on the lead and, and her, you know, have that kind of mobility that cause he seems to get space um, and find space. I don't really think well. think
0: people, he sneaks in there. He's a snare. I don't think people see him as a massive goal kicker or maybe he's just a bit, he sort of sneaks in there and he finds that open spot because half of his marks are alone. Yeah. Yeah. Like he gets hit up and he's, he's got like nobody around him. Cause he's, he's snuck in there, but a huge game. For, you can't underestimate that game. Like we've, we've missed that kid and he's couple of goals a game. He's given us three um, yesterday, um, but he's, he's very, very, very valuable now. I'll tell you what, the, the draft picks of, um, I don't know much so much about Francis. We'll have a chat about that. Um, but um, the big, the big red fire engines pick of um, of Langford and Parrish is really starting to pay off um, yeah. in a massive way because Langers is very, very important to us for possessions around the ground with a great pair of hands around the ground, and then he slides forward, man. He gives you one to two every single game.
1: Yeah, he's he's yeah. He had a, I thought he had a slow start to the year, but he's really come on, and he, that's he's playing the game that I thought now. It's a, I've got to talk about something, uh, and it's a slightly negative, I'm sorry. Um oh, look so, out. so you can comment to Grant Hill. You can give g- him a and <laughs> like Grand- you did me. Grand- GrantHill at gmail.com yeah. with all your complaints. Yeah, that, thanks, uh, thanks, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was, you know, Scooter we... Uh, we Scooter, Scooter McNeese on Twitter, yeah. We, we discussed this prior, so this is not a, oh, great, Scott. It's all good to say in hindsight. No, we said this... Me and Grant discussed this during the week and and we both went, Ooh, are we bringing like Langford back too early because it's he's only yeah. missed he's only missed two games and we were both were talking about how we're worried about it. Uh because a hammy's a hammy, right? A hammy strain is three games. Hammies are always yeah. difficult. Hammies are three games. Um so I was always worried. So, you know, I am frustrated. I just really am. Like he's he's most likely his season's over because uh, I, I do hear there's a tear there, and um, and it's three to four weeks, and we've only got three games left, so that's that's pretty much, you know, that's un- unless yep. we somehow play elimination final, he's he seasons over, and I just look, I just want to get that right. I, I'm not going to go too crazy, and we've done, we had a really good year and all that, but can we just get that part of the game right where? Say like a guy like Waller, who we may bring up, but you know, who plays five weeks in a row, well out of the game. Clearly, to me, doesn't look like he's running across the ground well. I understand he's played 120 consecutive games, and it's it's something to celebrate. And we're and but I don't want that to be an excuse for a guy who's out of form, and and possibly not match fit or right to go it doesn't matter about a consecutive streak or any war or breaking records or anything like that. It's about the team playing that week. And it's about the Aston football club playing that week. I just want us to get injuries better as a club and not go back to old ways. And I'm not going to go over the top cause I'm hoping it's just a small little We've. I just hope we learn our lesson, but I just don't want us to go down that track. Wallace shouldn't have played this game that I felt like that, all week, um, and and he's had, and you can you can all talk about his bombing and all the bombing and why he might might not have got onto the game or anything like that. But it's not that's not the point. It's when you see him chasing in and he can't, and he's really struggling to run, and therefore he's hardly he's struggling getting to get into contests. Um, that's what I'm talking about. That's what you know. That's his bread and butter. And if he can't do that, then don't play a guy who can't do that, like play, put in, put in Waterman, you know, put it, put, we need product productivity, but you're also for me anyway, this is just for me. You need it. You need that message to the team of what the coach expects. You know, I expect guys who come in close to fit. You know, you always know there's some guys who are 95. That's fine. But when they're actually impeded dramatically and they can't perform, you've got to make a statement to the club and it's nothing against the person. Everyone should understand, uh, you, you just don't play them. it's We're not, we're in a development year. This is not some crazy rush to the finals. It's okay just to not play him. It's okay yes. to have Langford miss three games for a hamstring strain and, and, and just be cherry ripe for the Bulldogs game. That's what I'm just talking about. It's just, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're just learning that lesson. I'm hoping we do a review Um that's you know that's just personally my belief i'm not going to hammer the club too much but you know you know we obviously last year were very frustrated with fantasia and Hepel playing games and just you could clearly see they were not even close to fit and right. they were just a, a huge liability and it wasn't on them but just hoping we learn our lesson i want Twenty two guys who can actually compete and perform at the level. I get bad form if you're fit. I just won't I don't accept guys running out not fit. And if you and if you can't if you can't play for five weeks straight, you shouldn't be playing. Like you it's just all right. Rest.
0: Rest right. or so, or get right. Get your body right. All right. Devil's advocate time. On on Langers, he was out for a period of time. The docs would have okayed him, right? Langers would have said, "Yep, I'm ready to go." What does what what the club do? Like when Jake was injured, he came back through the VFL, right? He played a match and a half in the VFL, yeah, um, and came back in. The VFL is an utter and complete shambles this year, um, and you you just you don't know where you're playing, if you're playing, whether you got top up players or whatever the hell it is but how do you bring back Langer's through the like do you do do you just apply that blanket theory of you get injured especially if it's a hammy you you play a, a match and a half in the twos that it's just that simple no, and I, the same with Waller
1: I think you do the theory that's been there forever that if you do a hammy strain it's 3 weeks out like it's it's 3 games yeah, but,
0: but, but you're you're an MD now you, you just it might the doctor said he was right the 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 scans that he would have had said he was right. Langer said he was right, so they put him in. How do you? But how do you? How do you second guess it after the after the event? Now, let me just reiterate a little wee something for you. We've had, and this goes to your point. This we've had such. No, let me rephrase that. We have performed so poorly in this area in the past, meaning. Bringing Danaher back umpteen dozen times when he wasn't ready, bringing Arazio back when he wasn't ready, um, and all of those things, we've performed so badly in the past that to be quite frank, I'm with you. I would put if I was Truck and and Josh Marnie, and the doctor said, yeah, he's ready. I'd say, yeah, right. We're going to wait one more week just for the sheer hell of it, right? But how do we? How do we? How do we? Second-guess Langers when he says he's right. Oh, I can't say why,
1: but I believe it was. Okay, yeah, no, no, no,
0: don't, don't do it. Let me, let me yeah. do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. <laughs> okay. So what Scott was about to say then is that he's got some inside mail um, on the subject of Carl Langford, and that's all we shall say. Um, I believe they made. Yeah,
1: it, I, I believe they made a calculated risk. Because the actual days were around 20 to 21 between the injury and the game. So, it was like, like a, a long extended... Even though it was two matches, it was a long extended break, if that makes sense. It was yeah. like a, a... You know, so it ended up being close to three weeks. It was like 20 or 21 days. I think they made a calculated risk. I... Fine, but it didn't work. And now he's oh, no, out, now was out for the year. I, I, I just... My point is, I don't know why you do a calculated risk in 2021. Yes. If it's a that, final, yeah, if it's an elimination final, he plays. I have no problem with that. You Fine. risk it. You're going for it. I just don't understand the theory of it in round 20. And we've got a bad a history development year. With
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've got a bad history with it. We know that we haven't done it well in the past. So why would we do it now? And like you said, I mean, if, if the club came out and said, we're shelving Waller for the rest of the season, because of whatever reason, then people would go, Oh, that sucks. I love watching that guy play footy, right? Mm. But I personally would go good, be ruthless. It's a development year. I know if you said to Truck, Hey, Truck, would you want to play finals this year? He'd say, Hell yes, I do. But put him away, get him right, go on a get his knee, ankle, hip, whatever the hell's wrong with him, get it sorted and come back next year. Yeah, I just know. think if it's, and it's also, if it's just knock, like he's,
1: I mean, four or five weeks ago, he got a really bad hit to the ribs. If that's yeah. like a, if, that's, if you know, if that's like a rib cage injury and he's just not breathing or it's badly bruised or something like that, or, um, you know, it doesn't bother me if they said, you know what, he's very, very sore. We're just going to give him two weeks break and, and we'll, we'll come back for the Collingwood game in the end. Just it. It, like it just doesn't bother me at this time of year, and 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 I know people are thinking, some people are thinking finals. I'm just not, I'm just you know, I I know, and I go out, I always say we go out to win, but I don't, I just don't believe we go out, um, to play players unfit. I just don't think that's that kind of year. We're not, you know, no, we're 10th on right. the left, yeah, it's not a, yeah, we're not, yeah. we're not there. You're like, I, I'd rather us for me. It's more important on November 1st that this list turns up for the preseason, learns the game plan. They're all fit. Let's correct some of the things. Let's do two months of defensive actions, setups. It's more important that every player turns up for November 1st than turns up for Sunday's
0: game. That's this week. I agree, man. I agree. And and I think it, it's tough for the club. If you think about it from the club's point of view, it's tough because – Langer's put his hand up. The doctor's put his hands up. Everybody put their hands up. And if he got through, it would be fine. But I, I'm with you. I'm with you when you say, I know I play devil's advocate, but I am with you when I say we've had such a bad history of it, of of not managing injury properly, I, in my <laughs> oh, humble yeah. medical opinion. No, yeah.
1: Um, well, the proof is that we've either re-injured or, or, we're, or we're playing guys who
0: just aren't right. And we, we can only see what we see. <laughs> And then on top of that, you see Jakey come back from his injury, play a game and a half in the Magoos since then, hasn't had a single problem, right? Like, so you it's, but it is, again, you'd love to get someone from the club to to explain it because it would be tough to put Waller and, and Langer's playing for Essendon V Southport in bloody Coulomb or some joint. Um, it would be very difficult to put those boys in that game. But having said that, the package did it right. No, no more, no more. I, I thought that was the player. best thing
1: we've done in years is how we treated Springer because he's high profile. Uh, yep. The message was in the press the package conference.
0: package doesn't play VFL.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's the kind of guy who doesn't like play, And he looked like it too. He was. <laughs> yeah. he, was he was not happy about being there at, uh, uh, not, not on AFL game day. But Truck was, you know, I loved it. I and mean, we talked about it on the show, Truck saying, no, we know when guys come back from long-term injury, we're going to put them through the VFL. We want to make sure that they, when they come into the side, they can perform and and you're that's to make an and that's why I know I got hit hard, and but that's why and I'll still say it, and I'm not trying to be arrogant. That's just personally my me as a fan, my view. That's why I felt like Dylan Shiel came back the incorrectly because I thought no, that was our messaging as a club. That was the message to the players, and it worked perfectly. Stringer was you know played a half, so you you you're managing the injury. Then he played three quarters and then he came into the seniors because of that the, the, the second VFL game, he looked really, really good. came into the seniors and he's been great since. And it was like a great illustration. This is what you do. Uh, and I just, you know, I had concerns with, you know, if I'm being honest with nothing against Dylan Shield. I'm just more saying it was a practice I thought worked really well. And he had 16 weeks off. He had, did little running um, and I was just worried. I hope he doesn't do his stress injury or anything like that now he hasn't obviously but but what if he did or you know it's it's it just i just want us to be consistent in our messaging if we if we're truck saying that in a press conference saying no it's important that we do this and then four months later it's not important it i, I can't see how some players aren't scratching their head um, going
0: yeah. Yeah. and i guess Shield comes in, gets twenty-two, and he didn't injure himself. So there's there's justification for the, from the club. He didn't injure himself; he's fine, and he'll play again next week, right? But I just think it would be much easier or much more palatable as an Essendon supporter that if Shield... let's, let's forget Waller for a second, if if Shield and and um, Langford came in through the twos, yeah, game, game and a half, whatever it is in through the twos, and then came back for his, well, Kyle Langford's played his time in the reserves. He's looking good. He got 28 touches, and Shield got 603 touches, and it was great. They look good. They're running over top of the ground. Time to bring him back into the seniors. Now, if you do that, and then Langers pulls a, a hammy, then from a supporter's point of view, that's just damned bad luck is what it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it would be more consistent messaging that everybody gets to go in back through the VFL, And you get your uh, ability to stretch your legs down there and see how your hammy feels uh, running at three quarter rat pace. And then if three quarter rat pace works, you get up to AFL. So yeah, I think you're right. It's just, it's really disappointing, especially because we know how important Langford is to this club (laughs) at the moment.
1: Yeah. And I, I feel, I know we've gone a bit off sidetrack, sorry. We spent way too long on, on injury front, but I'd, I say that because I, I love the club and I just want us to get things all right and, and our message consistent. I do fully understand so many things we've corrected. So I want to make sure before we go to an ad, I want to make sure people understand, I'm very optimistic of how a lot of this year's gone. I just still think there's areas that's always there for improvement and I'm just and I'm just showing that some of those things I still see that could take us to the next level uh and that's just my thoughts anyway i'm just being honest
0: <laughs> all right then all right so we'll go to a quick break we'll keep coming back with the uh some of the players to review Welcome back, lunchtime catch-up podcast with a bit of the Boosty Boys. Um, Now then, who else do we want to talk about, Scotty? I guess should we uh, should we get a few (laughs) more positives in because I want to tee off on half a dozen players. I don't want to tee off. I just want to point out the fact (laughs) that we had. I feel like this. I feel like we actually performed quite well, Is this going to come across as a negative show. But I don't know. It really is actually. I I guess, (laughs) but it's so glaring, right? And I'll I'll do it. Jimmy Stewart had the worst game of football he's ever played in his life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we laugh when yeah. we say that. But he just had a, comically bad
1: shocker. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He, it was comically bad that we'd, I, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry at Jimmy's game. He, he was real bad on the weekend. Um, and he had a dog. Okay. Let's move on. Now Eight possessions. Do you know what?
1: Oh, sorry. Um, I'd, I was actually moving on when you said let's move on. Um, uh, I, do you know what Peter Wright again with these fifteen or seventeen disposals and two goals won? I think we've found a player now. Like, I, oh, I, I think without a shadow of a doubt. Like he's, but he each game now is overcoming weaknesses. Visibly, like that he used to have, either from the Suns or even at the start of the year, he's competing really well around the ground. He's getting much more dangerous around the goals, and you know I think he's had a very solid year, and and I think there's still a, another level to go. To be blunt, I, I don't know what I, your I, thoughts I, are. I, I, I agree, think he's going to uh,
0: He's he was discarded by the GC. I mean, what did we get for him? Like pick forty odd or something, or pick seventy or whatever. Pick seventy or
1: something. Yeah, it was pick like seventy. It's just here stupid. have him. Yeah,
0: it's just here have him, right? So for a two meter bloke that has skill, everybody knows the boy's got skill. He just wasn't the he wasn't as hard it as he potentially should have been at 200 and 100 odd kilos, and um, he can still kick brilliantly and mark brilliantly. Peter Wright has done exactly nothing wrong. Now, again, I see a lot of comments on the Facebook page and on other pages and the like about um, Essendon needs a, a key position forward and Essendon needs a, a high-flying forward or a tall forward. Um, I Mate, unless unless Lloydy's got a kid floating around that we don't know about um, or something's going on, then we've got one. Like, he's not going to give you seven goals a game. Nobody does anymore. That, that that Matthew Lloyd and, and Buddy Franklin of 106 years ago, because he's been around that long, um, those five to seven goal games don't happen anymore. Um, he said, as I think the North <laughs> Melbourne guy got one last week or whatever it was. But um, those kind of games from full forwards don't happen anymore, right?
1: As much. It gets yes.
0: spread around your club. So for Peter Wright to be given us two a game, um, the odd three, but around the ground taking marks and, and backing up in the ruck. Um, when he was in the ruck, I honestly was really worried because he's he's never been a physical player. And I thought he was going to get just chucked around like a, like a rag doll in the ruck. Um, but he's really competing very well in the ruck for us as well. So Wait, Pete, Peter Wright was um he's been an incredible pickup for us.
1: Yeah, I mean I look I do believe in the argument that we need an athletic marking forward. Um and it's not Harry Jones. No, I, I think there's a third I think there's a different dynamic kind of athletic marking forward than I think than other people are saying in my mind anyway. Um I think I'm trying Is to Is it just to trying to place Carl Hooker? Look, probably, but a different I, – I, I'm probably more talking <laughs> – I'm probably t- talking about if Aaron Francis could hold his grabs. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I was, I'm more talking like a, a dynamic X-Factory, mark, like leaping, marking forward because Jones is a very um, up and down – you know, he leads either – he either takes it on the lead or he's straight up and down, jump up and down. And Peter Wright's very much your your pack mark. Um, or are you, you, you're you normally kicking it long. When Stringer's moving up to the midfield so much, you you know, you know saw it for the first time when, when they in Langford, they said, oh, we're going to play mainly as a forward. You suddenly saw the player I think we need, you know, that kind of like – and whether we've got one in our list already in, in that player, but I think we just need – it's not like we need a two-metre player. We just need a – Five years
0: ago, five years ago, Gunston from Hawthorne.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that kind of player – um, creative tall marking, uh, just to add a different element to the forward line, because I think that will help our lower our eyes too. Um, because we we, we see Draper who who rolls down to the forward line. We see Wright. We've seen Jones, and then we just see three talls, and we just kick it long. And and I want it kind of want us to get that out of our game. I want us to be more, you know, the the when we look dangerous is when Langford found some space and we lowered our eyes and we nailed him. Uh, you know, in, in some space. And I thought that's a kind of creative marking forward. I'm talking about that. I see as, as something of of need now, I don't see anything obvious, um, out there of a high profile I, that's available. I do. Um, I do. I know you're going to say Josh air. So don't I, suffer. I
0: know you, you see, <laughs> oh, you're
1: damn right. I'm saying to say Josh air um so that's yeah you watch, you watch next season you watch <laughs> i'll watch okay um but yeah peter wright's been been fantastic i mean jonesy's obviously been fantastic so that, like that's two big bonuses right um that that we've had so it, you know so, and key position players
0: they're very difficult to find like deep, someone yeah. like peter wright with with skills and a decent boot, and he's got a good pair of hands on him. Is he going to give you five goals a game every single game? No, but very, very difficult to get. So, a great pickup, Harry Jones. Like I know why we traded up for him because the boy's got skills, um, and you never know, mate. Reedy,
2: yeah.
0: When Reedy comes in, I know you've said he looks good at both ends of the ground. You might find that Reedy's running out of the square. Well, next be, year, I mean.
1: I, I still wonder do we ever want to just have a look at Coxie at half forward? I I, I still wonder about that because if with McGraw <laughs> and, with McGraw and Colwell and Langford and, and you, you know, that's why I kind of it's a little bit in the back of my mind go, do we actually already have a player, whether it's Langford or a Cox, already on the list that that is possible because a half forward roams up to the wing. That's why I'm saying I don't think it's a huge difference, but it just gives you a bit more scoring. Um, so It'd be interesting how they see the off season. I thought as a shout out, sorry, you were going to say something.
0: Yeah, no, I'm just the, one of the guys that I thought we would have, you might correct me here and the listeners might correct me as well. This, I don't know why I'm thinking this, maybe it applies, maybe it doesn't. I thought Alec Waterman was going to be our small to medium lead up, take a mark out in front of his eyes forward that when it hit the deck, he was still good enough to snap around his body and be a bit freakish, but that's how I thought we got him um, from WA that he was like a leading Brad Johnson kind of that's high praise for the boy, but um, <laughs> yes. Brad Johnson's small, small leading forward going sort of when he's in the forward line, I thought that's how we would be hitting him. But unfortunately the, we're not good enough at the moment with our forward entries and our forwards are all running to the same area um, that Alec isn't sort of having the ability to lead from, from I don't know, from 30 metres out getting a mark at 45 or something like that.
1: And look, and if we're being honest, he's been dropped about three or four times to the VFL. So whether what we think or not is clearly Truck has some issue with him. I mean – Some reservations, yeah. Some reservations because, I mean, he played – he played VFL and and that's that's where he's at. Uh so the you know, so you sense they still feel like it's a need moving forward. Uh hopefully him yeah. hopefully he gets better, but that's just we can only read what the coaches are selecting um that, that that's possibly a need. Can I just mention who I probably had in my top five players um uh in Jaden Laverde? Uh, oh, uh and I know geez. I thought you know, there's two parts to this. His first three quarter get against Buddy. I mean, Buddy only scored one on him in the first three quarters. He was unbelievable, and that that play where he had three on one and he actually resulted resulted yeah resulted in uh, in a no score. Just a huge play. He's as tough as a player at the moment in the club than than I can't think of any. I mean, than there's anyone.
0: He's, des- he's desperation for me. He's yeah. – just he, when he's being a, a key position defender, he's, he's very uh, – like he sticks with his man. But when the ball hits the ground, he's very, very um, desperate to get his hands on it. He looks very, very uh, eager.
1: But even to see him running out after three-quarter time and he can't raise his arm, one of his arms, but he's saying yeah. – I, I, he knows the rotations are important. I'll go out and just do what I can. I mean – all credit to him. I mean, what a year this guy has had! Oh, no, it's, uh, it, it's it, I know it's incredible. I mean, outside of Ridley, you could argue, argue he's our next best defender. And uh, mm. uh, so he's
0: like, I thought. I thought Mason Redmond was going to just take over as as our next really truly great defender, and he ain't far off. Mason is an automatic yeah. selection. Automatic selection in my team, Mason Redmond. Um, but Jaden Laverde, out of nowhere, and I know we've um, we've praised him up and down on this podcast, but if we're 100% honest, mate, his career was at a bit of a crossroads with a new coach. Oh, of course um, it was, yeah. They've tried him forward. They've tried him in the middle. They've tried him on a wing. They've tried him forward again. They tried him everywhere. And then, mate, just out of the blue – And you can see the difference. Jimmy Stewart, I've got a lot of time for Jimmy Stewart down back. I have. He's a a bloke that has been absolutely, they've had the chat with him. They've said, Jimmy, no spot for you in the forward line anymore, mate. No spot. We need to replace Bear because none of us are sure what's happening with Bear next season. And it's you, mate. You're a dirty, great, big, tall, strong, fit, young bloke if you can defend down there on the monster Dixons of the world and those kind of guys, it'll be worth its weight in gold. And he's trying down there. He really is. He's learning, but every now and then he has an Anis horribles uh, of a game. And this was it. But I tell you what, Laverde, the, the stark difference between two blokes who were once forwards, who are now chucked down back. It shows you one of them was absolutely made for the job. Um, so I can't possibly heap more praise on that bloke. Where does he sit, Crichton wise? Oh, I
1: mean, I would probably have him in the top seven, if I'm being honest. Well, oh, geez, I mean, well, oh,
0: hang on a minute, merit. Oh, I just, I just lost you for a sec. Whoop! Oh. Oh. Hey, sorry about that. Yeah, go. Mer- again. Mer- merit Parish. Yep.
1: Then who? Uh, possibly Hepple. Yeah. Um. Ridley? Possibly Ridley. And
0: then yeah, Laverde wouldn't be far away. See, I'm, I'm, i him like five inside five, maybe like you could say, you could almost say Laverde over Ridley because unfortunately for Ridley, we expect it now. We expect a really good performance <laughs> yes. every single week. Yeah. Um, but Jaden's breakout year in defense has been incredible. James played on some monsters. They played on some key he matchups. He is totally outmatched with buddy. Totally. Um, but, and and again, that's why I'm thinking why Laverde might have the leg speed to stay with Papley actually, like maybe, but they chucked Buddy on him. Like that's a big, big vote of confidence and Buddy ain't as young as springtime anymore, Um, but it's it's a very big vote of confidence to put that kid on Buddy Franklin and he did an incredible job. Yeah. I mean, just on Papley too. It, that's the frustration
1: with the McGrath injury, because McGrath had that versatility if a small forward was getting a hold of us. Uh to have that hey, yeah. hey McGrath, we actually need you to go back.
0: Uh, remember that uh remember that place he used to dominate down there? If yeah, you could just slide back in there, that'd be great for us.
1: Because he's such so good at that spot and, and he would have done a job on Papley. That's how much confidence I've got McGrath as a small defender. Yeah. Um, but Papley's a very, very good player, by the way. He's uh, annoying, yeah. He's annoyingly good. He's, he's annoying, annoying, but you can't ignore that he's good too. But I mean, Papley it was annoying. annoying. Do you know it was annoying? They scored 13 goals two right after half time. Like that's annoying accuracy too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, gee, they, they played some Chris perfect football and it was really annoying. And we almost matched him and almost won. So it's, it's a yeah.
0: Positive. And, and the, the thing is too, is I I bet you the defenders would say, and Jimmy Stewart would say, yes, right. I had a dog. All right, let's move on from that. But, geez, it would be nice if the ball wasn't just coming into the back line unimpeded to the advantage of the forward. Like, the poor defenders, it's hard enough nowadays um, to defend against decent forwards. But when the ball is coming in there so easily, freely, and without any pressure, it does make life a hell of a lot more difficult to stop someone like Papley.
1: It would be nice, too, uh, if we- – when if we've scored a point that the Swans don't have a 60 meter pass coming out of the points, Uh, (laughs) it's like, uh, you know, that can't just happen continually where they just, they're just spotting up a guy, 60 meters from the goal, uh, and then it just goes from end to end. I mean, there's a few, it's funny. When you looked at the game, there's so many positives, and it was so many obvious things just to correct to win that game. And that's, that's the frustration. And, and that's, that's, that's how we thing, started right? the
0: show, but that's, that's, that's where we're at. And I, I, I guess we've been going for a reasonable time. So look, I won't, I won't tee off too much. I think the, the podcast today's cheered me up a little bit. Scotty's, uh, <laughs> Scotty's got me back on the positive side of things now, I think. Um, Jimmy Stewart, Mason Redmond, Laverde will give him a massive uh, uh, day off. I think you could group. (laughs) I think you could bunch a whole
1: lot of guys. Well, I mean, right? And just just say they struggled.
0: Stewart, Redmond,
1: Francis, Francis Francis struggled, Wallace struggled. Smith, you know, a little bit of a call out to Smith. Smith, I thought was was handy with his sixteen and two goals. Um, I would like a worry for me. I would like Smith. You know, if I'm being honest. I I would like him to not always do the hero ball maneuver. Like when he he gets the ball sixty yards out, right? Clearly, I, I can see anyway. Langford's in some space to kick to to kick to, um, and he decides he's going to ignore, um, some hit, hit up targets and try and take on in try and take on the guy with the man on the mark, run around him and try and kick a hero goal. I wish, you know. I know it's exciting, but I wish sometimes he's he would, very
0: good at it. Though I wish he's he
1: would get that out it. of his game because it, the first option is the right option. Um, uh, but he kicks a point, and and yeah, I just I, I just sometimes he's a bit hero liking for me with with goals, and and you know I think Stringer's done a good job of getting a fine balance of when to pass now and when to go for goal like he's
0: but but stringer has that license String, yeah. stringer's got the, he, the but, hero license. yeah
1: but he's getting better at at judging like you saw him 40 yards out and he saw smith alone and you know normally stringer would love that situation but he saw a better option he nailed smith smith kicks the easy goal uh, and that's what i mean it's it's just sometimes you can go for it Um, but if there actually is a teammate in a better spot it's still the right play and but overall he played pretty well um but yeah there was you know we 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 nailed a whole lot of plays there was we just had did have eight or nine plays just not i I mean mean, that's the thing perkins and cox were a little bit out of it i thought draper competed hard but and I thought his centre bounce work was 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 pretty effective. We clearly won the the clearances, so he, he does have an impact, and there's no doubt yeah. about that. They've just got to have a, a skills coach in the off season to try and see if they can get another ten or fifteen yeah, percent better. Big time, they really do.
0: <laughs> because and what's with what's with so many players kicking at goal and and not making the distance at the moment?
1: I know, I don't know what it is, but
0: I don't get it, man. Like you see players forty five out, and you go, "Oh, this will go through three quarter post high." And it's barely making the goal line.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, she, remember, she mentioned that, there, you know, that there's a, sometimes it's a, a fatigue factor um, at the end of the year, but I don't know if that's the case. But yeah, we're just, for two weeks straight, we've had, Probably five or six shots on goal from forty meters that have not made the distance. They have
0: not made the distance. You go, wow, that's a little bit weird. But <laughs> Snelling close.
1: is the Snelling's the only one I can understand because he's just not naturally a long yeah, kick. Because uh. he's a midget.
0: Um, <laughs> so should we uh, should we go for one more break, Scotty? Uh, one more break. We'll come back and wrap it up. Very very uh,
1: quick break. I need some rage. after that.
0: Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. Now then, um, to wrap it up, Scotty, look, I I think my my heart tells me I'm disappointed, really disappointed in the fact... Yeah, the actually, no, let me refer you to that As a fan, so now you're right. That's that was a, that was an incorrect statement. As a fan, I'm disappointed, right? Because it's the same stuff again. we we're, we're dumping it into the forward line because we're under pressure, and we go away from the game plan, and we get seven kicked on us, and players aren't turning up. Certain players aren't. However, my heart tells me we just took it. Very, very well to one of the best sides in the comp on a ground that Sydney like. They don't mind the MCG, um, but he has a field day there against. Um, yeah, he loves Taylor. the MCG. Buddy loves the MCG. Has a field day there. Jaden Laverde was just an absolute gun, and we took it up to one of the best sides in the comp, right? And and that is to be that's very, very encouraging. And I guess I want to end on that note that it is very, very encouraging. But and I think. I think we'll leave it on that note from me that it's very encouraging, but I must say, I do want to, I do want to see encouraging moving to satisfaction in wins next season because encouraging. Oh, well, sure. you want to learn,
1: you want to, you want to, you know, you want three or four of those seven losses Yeah. to, to be turned into wins. Yep. You want to, you want to make those mistakes and correct those mistakes. I, I, like I said, I think the Sydney game was a, or as a micro look at, at Essendon to, is like took it up right there and then, you know, up and about, um, very hard to beat. Uh, good improvement from last week. But just a inexperienced side making calculated, mis- not calculated, making mistakes uh, and just not getting over the top. And that's where we're at. We reduce those mistakes and we're very, very good and dangerous Football side, and that's the challenge in the off season. So that's after all saying that, I'm do you know what? I'm very optimistic about where the club's at, about where we're going to go next year with Heppel and Langford out, and maybe Leverde 50 50. Can I actually say this game against the dogs? <laughs> oh my lordy, we're in trouble. <laughs> we are in, I will be blunt, and, and we are in trouble, and our history against the dogs is quite awful, quite horrific. Uh, they may bring in Trelora here to just add to the caliber just of all stars. Absolutely. All-stars. Pound us, but, uh, now you never, yeah. you never say never, but I will be realistic. I think most fans are pretty realistic to this game that this one could be an ugly game. Um, yeah. I hope not. And I hope we take it up to them. Um, uh, and- but I, I
0: think we will. Like, I, think I think we'll, we'll try take it up yeah, to yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll try like we did with Sydney. But, oh, geez, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of names in that midfield. Like, now.
1: Look, if Laverde, Heppel and Langford miss. Uh, Oof, that's that, that's a lot. That's some – I mean, you, you've talked top seven three key players in the top seven of the club. Yeah. So yeah. that's against the most hottest team going around in the AFL and I think yeah, you've marked so. this
0: down listeners that, uh, I grant Hill am now officially recognizing, uh, McRae from the dogs <laughs> as player. being a half decent footballer. <laughs> oh, that's good
1: of you. That's good. Of yeah. You. That's good. And,
0: um, he still wears the wrong jumper, but a half decent footballer <laughs> and a contributor to <laughs> one of the, the better midfields in the comp. So, uh yeah this week's game we are in uh licorice all sorts of trouble um but but we play the yeah. suns and the pies after that let's see where we can go do. and dead set i could beat the suns uh with scotty's help at the moment
1: <laughs> yeah uh you know it's we'll see where we go let's i'd love us to try and get a win against the suns and the pies because i think it'd be a great way to go into the preseason. Next year. I and- never
0: want to lose to Collingwood ever. I don't want no. to give them an ounce of hope going into the pre to the season. I want them to go and get the recycled um Alistair Clarkson like they did with um with old mate from Carlton or wherever they got Mick Malthouse. Um and I want them to just absolutely fail. So I, I want I want us to play I want us to do okay against the dogs, beat G C like we should. And then for the last game of the season, come and pound Collingwood by a good six to eight. Yeah,
1: I think it's look. I know there's draft picks involved, and people might say, "Oh, it might be good to slip down to 11th." But nah, I, don't care. I, I think it'll be really good for this group who've had who's been up and about all year to finish that way. Uh, yes, and they've had such a good year of being in most games this year, uh, and it would be good if they if they can finish off with a Suns win and a Pies win. I think I'll do really well for the club to go, okay, we've taken a big step. We may finish ninth outside chance eighth, but we may finish ninth, but it's a great stepping stone. It's like, okay, we're up and about. We've, you know, everyone said we're bottom four. We're clearly not. We're, we're, you know, we, we know what we have to improve. Let's work on it in November, December and January, and let's give 2022 a real shake. Uh, with the AFL giving us a better draw, I'm just speaking it into being. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> <with you>. yeah. <laughs> that they're going yeah. to give us a better
0: draw because they better. And buddy, <laughs> yeah, we'll probably be – hopefully we'll be on lockdown 19 or 20 at that stage <laughs> and we'll have it down pat and we'll bloody know where we are. Oh, let's
1: hope next year, yeah, that things – I mean, I'm hoping because the season starts late March that we are in a much better suit and we can we can go to games more regularly and, and things a yeah. bit more under control. And Has that would be – And that's a huge thing i mean i don't even count out that we played much better footy because the guys got to go home early see their families have a routine as normal um go to the hangar as normal go to the game um uh that so that there's something to say about having a a normal routine and and people around you
0: it's it's worth its weight like you you watch the olympics all the time at the moment and they talk about the routine that they have to maintain like they get up at stupid o'clock and. Do stupid things that athletes do, um, whilst you and I are very, very, very asleep. Um, and if that if that routine gets broken, they don't feel right. They've got to they've got to do extra work to get back on top. So it'll be great to see the boys just week after week at, at um, the hangar, which would, would be incredible to see. Well, uh, you can catch us
1: on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lunch catch up on Twitter. Catch yep. us uh, lunchtime catch up on instagram yep. uh you can catch us go to the lunchtime catch up uh, podcast facebook group uh thanks for you to the hundreds of people that are joining every week uh it's yep, getting a absolutely. little bit insane uh we'll try and monitor it as best we can uh uh yep. and it's th- big big thank you to our patreon to sign up and give us uh whether it's three dollars or whatever per month it it I can't tell you how much it adds to all the software and applications and equipment and microphones yep. uh, and subscriptions that we have to do to actually run a podcast. There's a lot that goes into it. Uh, it seems, I know it sounds like it's just us on a microphone, but to get everything involved and to get all, you know, all onto these groups, you have to do a lot of little payments here and there. And that helps us big time to cover that. So, big thank you for the Patreons. You've been awesome all year. Uh, and hopefully we're going to do a bit of a shitty special for those Patreons, uh, coming up. Yes. So, yes. We've got an announcement on that very soon. So, uh, we want to do a bit of a thank you to the Patreons. So
0: you can go to, what is the Patreon? Just It's just the lunchtime catch up podcast forward slash, um, no, it would be patreon.com even, yeah. uh, forward slash the lunchtime catch up podcast, two extra shows a week. Um, team selection show on a Thursday, um, and our post-game reaction show directly after the games of footy um, exclusively for our patreons all right this is us signing off have a great night grant yes you too mates um get this uh week out of the way with